Good morning. Uh, just as the last people find their way into the sanctuary, we are going to sing for you a new song out of uh, our Voices Together book. Maybe someday it will find in, into the regular rotation here at Grace. So you can just listen. As we Then please stand and join us singing as we gather. The words will be behind us on the screen.
Welcome here and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. The Spirit of God invites all to worship the Creator at this time. In our spaces, which dwell on Treaty 1 territory, the ancestral lands of the Métis Nation, the Dakota, the Cree, Oje Cree, Dene, Haudenosaunee, and Anishinaabe peoples. Uh, we'd like for the congregation this morning uh, our condolences to Milton Penner, Alan and Simone Penner, and Kyle and Ashley Penner on the passing of their granddaughter, niece, and cousin, Hilary Penner. Our thoughts and prayers are with their family during this time of mourning. We've got a few other announcements this morning. So we have, uh, Pearl's going to come up, and then Mark, and then Curtis will come up. morning. I know most of you are going to be heading somewhere this weekend to do your Thanksgiving dinners together as family, but as a church community family, we will be celebrating that next weekend. So we will be having a potluck and are asking people to bring main course type dishes and salads, dessert and buns will be provided. So uh, things in crock pots would be great so we can keep those, those heated. There will be no formation next Sunday, so we'll be going directly downstairs. So Please uh, don't skip out the doors, head straight downstairs. And thanks to everyone who volunteered on our sign-up sheets. We have help for setup and takedown. And so uh, we'll see you all next Sunday at the potluck. And just in case a potluck next Sunday is not enough, uh, shared meals. I'm going to remind you that on Saturday, October 22nd, Manitoba to Ecuador is putting on a fundraising dinner at the Mitchell Community Centre, and you're all invited. If you do plan to attend, the sign-up sheet is on the table in the back. That way, we know how much food to make. We've added another uh, detail yesterday, and that is that if some of you would prefer a curbside pickup, you're welcome to write your name and how many meals you would like to have, and then simply indicate that you want to pick it up. And uh, then I'll get back to you about the pickup time between 5.30 and 6.00. Now, all donations will be receded for tax purposes. Thank you, Bethany. So, uh, this is going to be an interactive announcement. With your indulgence, I'm going to ask you to ring a little bell like this every time I ring my bell, which will be every time I use the word bell. Okay, here's a practice. Can you practice with a ringing motion? I would like to ring a bell of freedom. There has been a giant COVID-19 cloud hanging over all of society these past two and a half years, but that cloud is now dissipating. It's not gone, it's certainly not forgotten, but it is dissipating. And we've returned to live church, live, fundraising events, live, potluck suppers, working live, grieving live, celebrating live. And now, like a ray of sunshine, we are going to be enjoying some live music. So come on, ring those bells. In less than six weeks, there will be a live concert right here featuring Steve Bell. Now, I like to compare Steve Bell, to Kyle Penner's favorite author, Richard Rohr. 
He is like Richard Rohr with a guitar. You get great music, you get gentle humor, and you get deep, deep wisdom. So I know that I will be there enjoying it, and I hope you can as well. The details, Steve Bell, solo performance, right here, Saturday, November 19th, 7.30 p.m., cost $21, tickets available through stevebell.com. Uh, you can go on your internet browser. I missed one, I am sorry. You guys are way faster than I am. Um, you just type in three words, Steve Bell Concert, and it will come up. You can buy tickets right there. And just to clarify, this is not a Grace-sponsored event. They're just using our venue. So please invite family and friends to this great event. And now, a promotional Steve Bell video. Thank you. If you're here tonight with an aching heart for any reason, or if you have a need, or you're just down, I guarantee you when you leave tonight, you're going to be blessed. It's a pleasure for me to introduce Steve Bell. Hi there, my name is Steve Bell, and I'm so fortunate to be able to do what I love to do, which is singing my songs and telling stories. Perhaps you've seen me in the past uh, perform with a symphony or with my band, but most of the time it's just me and my guitar on a stool, singing some of your favorites, some of mine, telling stories and sharing laughs. Whoever loves God loves all that God loves. Think about that. Think about that. I'm kind of thinking about doing a Lent album. It's going to be a downer, trust me. This is going to solve any dozens, I'm sure. When I am having one of those times where it's very difficult for me to feel like I'm still a Christian or that it's all going to work out or something, and music is going to be the avenue of approach, Steve is the go-to guy for me. The musical talent and his ability to translate sorrow and joy, life emotions, into music. I was looking around and I saw more and more people leaning forward because they were drawn into this experience. Just one guy with a guitar on a stage didn't have to be pushy, didn't have to be loud, didn't have to be glitzy. It just was this invitation to enter into the experience of what he was singing about. I'm coming away soon, and I've got some new songs you probably haven't heard. I'd love to see you again, or perhaps meet you for the first time for an evening of story and song. Call to worship. This morning, God of grace, we want everything to be for your glory. We want our thoughts, our words, our songs, our church, our community, our resources, our time, our lives, all to be for you. Everything is yours. And we come together to declare this to be so on this holy day of thanksgiving. Bless our time together with your holy presence. Amen. Please stand if you're able and join us singing Fill Us With Your Feast. Number uh, 309 in Voices Together, or on the screen.
Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You make springs pour water into the ravines. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. The land is satisfied by the fruit of your work. You make the grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. They look to you to give them their food at the proper time. Then you give it to them. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Please stand and join us singing, Singing to the God of Harvest, number 122 in Voices Together. Thanksgiving. 
source and sustainer of life, we cherish the myriad works of your hands. Water, earth, and sky are yours, as are all their inhabitants, wild and tame. We thank you for creatures that nourish and serve us, befriend, enrich, entertain, and protect us. May we, who are made in your image, care for them well, and may your groaning yet wondrous creation rally and thrive, revealing to all who come after us your wise, redemptive, transforming love through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Please stand once more with us and join us in Guide the Old all the children like to come forward for a story? I have a story today. I know there's not a ton of you, but I'm going to make my kids come. Once upon a time, a really long time ago when I was in high school, I actually had this story memorized because we would perform it often when our choir went out, but I'm going to read it today just so I don't make a mistake. Oftentimes at Thanksgiving, we talk a lot about all the things we're thankful for. And a lot of times, we draw grand 
things that we are thankful for, like family and all these big things we've been gifted. And one of the really cool things about this story is it talks about some of the little things that we can be thankful for and that we are gifted. So here we go. Once there was a tree. And she loved a little boy. And every day the boy would come. Oh, I bet they'd like it a lot, right? And he would gather her leaves and make them into crowns to play in the forest. And he would climb her trunk. Who likes to climb? and swing from her branches and eat apples and they would play hide and go seek. And when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much. And the tree was happy, but time went by and the boy grew older. Oh, he's getting big, just like you guys are all getting big. And the tree was often alone. Then one day, the boy came to the tree, and the tree said, come boy, climb on my trunk, swing from my branches, and eat apples, and play in my shade, and be happy. I'm too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. Can you give me some money? I'm sorry, said the tree. I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. But take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. And then you will have money and you will be happy. And so the boy climbed up the tree, gathered her apples, and carried them away. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a very long time, and the tree was sad. And then one day, the boy came back, and the tree shook with joy. And she said, come, boy, climb my trunk. Swing from my branches and be happy. I'm too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm. He said, I want a wife, and I want children, and so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house but you may cut off my branches and build a house and then you will be happy. Yeah. And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a very long time and when he came back, the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come boy, she whispered, come and play. I'm too old and sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree. Then you can sail away and be happy. So the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away. And the tree was happy. 
but not really. After a long time, the boy came back again. I'm sorry, boy, said the tree. I, I have nothing left to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I am too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I am too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, sighed the tree. I wish that I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I am just an old stump. I'm sorry. I don't need very much now, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I'm very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did. And the tree was happy. The end. You can go back to your parents now. Thank you. Thanks, Shira, and thanks for coming up and interrupting me there. I hadn't seen you. I thought maybe I had misunderstood. So thank you. Oh, don't worry. I'm often late. And in school, I used to get kicked out for being late. Here we say, please come anyway. So, yeah. I, um, I am going to be mentioning food this morning. It's Thanksgiving. And so I, middle of the week, I thought, why don't I ask a few people who maybe do canning and have vegetables and all that kind of stuff, if they would just put something up here for on Sunday morning really quickly, and you'd get to see food. And um, so thanks to those of you who did that. I... Today is, um, I don't know, Thanksgiving, maybe not all of you maybe remember it in the same way. We, when we came from farming communities, we used to come and there was always food of, of a whole bunch of different varieties and kinds up, up front. And so uh, it was really a special day when we were farmers. Um, and now that we kind of don't have as close connections to the farm, we, we sometimes forget that food still grows on farms and in gardens and other places. So brought this to Gay and um, I was saying to Enid the other day that when we do some of this, if we have our vegetables or some canning, uh, maybe it's not the same for everybody, but that's kind of one of the times that I feel actually the most grounded, as if this is really life um, when I'm with food. And I'm not sure if you feel that or not in some ways or how you feel it. Um, but anyway, so thanks to all of you for bringing a little bit to create a little bit of a quick impromptu display up here of good food, um, food that we all enjoy. I like to watch the fish in our fish pond or the birds at our bird feeder. The squirrel collecting pine cones in the trees in our backyard going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth very quickly. The rabbits in our garden or the mosquito on my arm. Not really though, the rabbit in my garden or the mosquito on my arm. But have you ever sat and watched, really watched, that which moves around you, nature, nature's movement. Not in the case of the rabbit, because when the rabbit is moving in our backyard, I'm off the deck pretty quick to chase it away. 
And when it's a mosquito, well, you know what we all do, right? That's pretty quick. But have you noticed how they spend most of their days? All they seem to do is build nests, dig holes, and more so forage for food. A pretty mundane existence, I think. Wouldn't we consider that if that's all we seem to be doing day after day after day, going after food? Aren't you glad you're not a bird or a fish? A deer, especially during hunting season when we're out foraging. Now, I've never been hungry without a means to forage in order to satisfy my hunger. Oh, I I used to be a tree planter, and we were always hungry, always had a voracious appetite. We would come into town after weeks of work sometime, or whatever, 10 days to two weeks of work, and we would do our laundry, and we would buy groceries and any necessary supplies before heading off for the most important and great part of the day, and that was supper. Mr. Mike's. Now, I'm not sure that it was because Mr. Mike's is a place for fine dining or great food. I don't think so. It's not bad, actually, and I saw a billboard here for Mr. Mike's. They still exist. I'm not sure if uh, actually somebody bought the franchise is going to set it up here, but if they do, I might go once just for old time's sake. But anyway, Mr. Mike's, it wasn't for the food only, but because there was lots of it. We'd get there. We'd fill up at the all-you-could-eat salad bar, and then we'd dig into steak and potatoes, and we just ate and ate and ate. Beyond Mr. Mike's, I remember one summer um, when I had come back from tree planting, or not back here, I had actually gone for a two-month service project, and I went down to Vancouver for the orientation, and I had just finished working a couple days earlier, and I had gone down, and we were, um, I had lost a lot of weight, and I was very hungry in the process of everything that had happened. Well, we were at a camp, which was hosting us, and at that camp for breakfast and supper and dinner, they didn't serve us all the food we wanted. They only plated our food. And so we got down, and they gave us these plates of food, and I remember being so hungry that I just hadn't got enough food on those plates. So I would sit and watch everybody on the table with me, and if they weren't eating all their food, I'd kind of ask if I could eat a little bit of what they had. And, and this is the truth. I, I don't think I'm making it up. I remember staying in the dining room after everybody had left and wandering around the tables, picking up scraps of food because I was so hungry, and I, I just needed to eat. But no, while likely as most of you who can remember, not while no, While likely, as most of you who can remember times when you've been famished and very hungry, I also, like most of us, have never been hungry and without food. I imagine when that's the case, hungry and without food, that it's too difficult to even think of too much else. After the Israelites left Egypt through the Red Sea, they came to the desert. And there the people began very quickly to grumble against Moses and his brother Aaron. Oh, why didn't we just die by the Lord's hand in Egypt, they said. There we sat around pots of meat and had all the food that we wanted. But you, you, you've brought us out into this desert to, to starve the entire assembly to death. So Moses went away and, and the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people, so so tell them that I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. 
You are to tell the people that each day they are to go out and they are collect, to collect enough food for the day, just enough for the day. So Moses went back, he and Aaron, and he gathered the people together and he said to them, In the evening you are going to know that it's the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you're going to see the glory of God. And you are going to know it's the Lord because in the evening you're going to have meat to eat and all the bread that you want in the morning. Well, that evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And, and when the dew was gone, there was a thin layer of flakes that looked like frost which appeared on the, the desert floor. The Israelites looked at it and they asked each other, what is it? They didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The Israelites had left Egypt, led by God out of slavery and into a desert. And God had said there that they were going to be going to a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, all that they needed to eat and to live. But milk and honey was a distant promise and they were now in the middle of a desert without food. So understandably, they grumbled. First, they grumbled against Moses and his brother Aaron. And then Moses, he complaining, responded that they were complaining against God. Maybe Moses was saying that because, well, in frustration, God had told him to lead the people out of Egypt, and God had told them that they would have all that they needed at God's hand. So he had done that. But now they were in the desert without what they needed most. It was food. And in the next chapter, if you read the story, water. In Egypt, though they'd had to work very hard, at least they had enough food, they grumbled. Although my guess is that their memories were likely too romanticized, given earlier cries when they were in slavery. They were powerful memories, though, because the absence of food and water was making slavery and where they had been look like paradise. As I reflected on that this week, I was led to think of everything that people do. Good, bad, degrading, humiliating, heroic, unbelievable, unthinkable, when survival, when food is in the balance. And we hear those kind of stories. So, God tells Moses to tell the people that food's coming. They'll have bread and they'll have meat to eat. And it's this way that they're going to know that God is with them and providing with them on their journey. It's in this way that God's going to show them that they are cared for by the provision that's most necessary for their very lives, for their survival. And then it comes. Food comes. God is faithful. How essential, isn't it? Food and water. Cried for when absent. And yet, interestingly, despite that desperate and irrepressible need that we have for it, quite taken for granted when we have it in abundance. Oh, we, we might sit salivating in the presence of food well made, amazed at those who created such a taste, recommend restaurants to friends when we think that the food is just outstanding, or if we're sitting at the table in their home, ask for recipes when our friends or family who have made the food. But deep gratitude for the fact of the food itself. When comprehension that within days of not having any we'd settle for food no matter how it would be cooked in abundance thankfulness to God for its mere place in front of us seems sometimes abundantly absent 
Going back to a passage from last week in Deuteronomy, Moses reminds the people when they end up in their promised land not to forget, not to forget God and, and God's provision. They did forget, and sometimes I think we can. I have a picture in my office. It's from a funeral that I attended years ago. It was a funeral of a, a farmer um, south of town. I think I saw Don and Marlene here. It was out around Dundurn or Hanley. I can't remember the name of the family, though. It was a great, I've still got it on my bulletin board because I thought it was such a, an apt saying. It says, humanity, despite its artistic pretensions and many accomplishments, owes its existence to a six-inch layer of topsoil and the fact that it rains. A six-inch layer of topsoil and the fact that it rains. That's how we are sustained. Today is Thanksgiving, and it's a weekend particularly given to uh, be thankful for that fact of topsoil and rain, and food. As I said, I have never known real hunger and food insecurity. Some among us have. I've heard stories of your time before your arrival in Canada or during your early years here. Some of you may have lived times when food was not easily purchased. I don't know all of your stories, all of our stories. But if you would go to Soups On or Southeast Helping Hands here in town, you'd come in contact with folks for whom food is not as easy as going to a grocery store to just buy whenever or whatever. Not as easy as opening a cupboard or fridge to do the same. In our world, depending on where you find the stats, around 2.3 billion people, that's approximately 30% of our global population, are food insecure. Food secure, insecurity defined as a lack of consistent access to food. Now, some are moderately food insecure. Moderately being defined as facing uncertainties about obtaining food or being forced to reduce at times during a year the quality and or quantity due to lack of resources. Can't buy the food that's necessary or the good food that's necessary. Now, within that number, up to 925 million, about 11%, experience severe food insecurity and severe is defined as at some time during the year experiencing hunger and when extreme running out of food going without food for a day or more given that I'm going to frame this in a way which which could be taken the wrong way um, could be misunderstood but today on Thanksgiving Sunday, on Thanksgiving weekend, in our community and world where food's not always a given for everyone, even ourselves maybe, be thankful. Be deeply grateful to God for it. For soil, for rain, for toil and the life that it brings to we and all of our earth. Now saying that, I could be understood to be saying, be thankful because there are so many people that don't have access to it. I'd never say that. I think we should never be passively thankful in comparison to others or what they have or don't have. Seeing others without, sure, being thankful that I have. But thinking of the precarious nature of food and our crucial need for it, we can be profoundly and deeply grateful for that which sustains us and from where it comes. Eat and drink are sustenance words. Toil is that which provides us with it. And while not manna in a desert, a land with soil and rain is a gift from God. Our sustenance and that which we do to grow it and to buy it and to have it is a gift from God our creator, God our heavenly parent, like a parent looking after children. And if we do that, maybe then 
being deeply and fully thankful for food as life from God, we might become more aware of those not able to be thankful in the same way. We might be changed. First of all, maybe becoming more actively thankful. Some of us might dig deeper to share with Soupson or, or Southeast Helping Hands, Canadian Food Grains Bank, MCC or World Vision, many other organizations that maybe you already support, so that all have, first and foremost, what's simply needed for life, which is food. Some of us might become more compassionate towards those who do not have adequate work or adequately paid work to provide the substance, sustenance that they need for they and their families. This might lead us to increased involvement in justice issues aimed at ensuring better food and drink availability and access and security for everyone. I know it's not as simple as giving or working on justice issues. Both are helped and hampered by many variables, and I won't get into all of it, but let's not let variable, variables or those variables that we think of become excuses for not being involved in giving and justice work. And then secondly, maybe being deeply thankful for food as life from God, I might become more content, not waiting for the next big thing, promotions, raises, events, things I can buy and get to enjoy life. It's God's gift to simply eat and drink and take pleasure in the toil, which gives me daily life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 8, Paul writes there, Godliness with contentment is great gain. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Our struggle with that contentment is framed well by Thomas Merton, who once wrote, We are afraid to be content because we're afraid it's not glorious. Are we afraid to be content with that which we simply sustains us because we feel that not to reach and to increase and to have better is to settle for mediocrity? For a boring life. We need more than food and drink. It's true that not settling for status quo is how cures for cancer are found, how we become better people, how injustices are righted, and life is more than food and water. Yet when it comes to life at its most basic, maybe thankfulness helps us realize that contentedness is not necessarily inglorious. It enables us rather to live with quantities which simply sustain us so as to be able to share with all the life that all need so all will have life. A wonderfully contented pleasure in coming home to, to sit at a table with head bowed, a reflective look, a silent thank you to God just a bit longer before digging in, and a big smile as I look at the good food and the good people that I share it with. So, happy Thanksgiving. I hope we can be truly thankful to God as we gather over food and with others this weekend. I hope that thankfulness leaves us content with God's good provision. And I do hope that it leads us into activity which brings that same life to others. So that by God's grace, moving in us and moving beyond us, all will be well. Amen. Please stand and join us singing for the beauty of the earth, number 120 in Voices Together. And we'll sing verse 4 in a cappella.
Let us pray. God of all great gifts, hear our thanksgiving prayer. Thank you for this beautiful world spinning its way through space. The earth, our home, magnificent beyond understanding. Thank you for the golden sun beaming out energy and for moonlight and starlight gracing the night. Thank you for the cycle of seasons and most particularly for autumn, streams of golden grain flowing from combines, fresh green and red apples mounted on market shelves, pumpkins lined up at roadside stands. We give thanks for farmers and for domestic and foreign workers whose physical labor gives us food for life. Thank you too for all who transport and sell what we eat, bringing groceries to our tables from around the globe. And yet there are hungry and homeless people in this land of plenty. Hear our prayer for those in need around us. Thank you to all, thank you for all who reach out this year to help their neighbor. Thank you that Jesus walks with us in good times and especially in hard times. Amen. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving. Just before the musicians lead us in the final song for this morning, I would like to slip in a short item that is not on, in the bulletin.
I'm here this morning representing the worship committee, specifically as one of the church music coordinators. Grace Church, like other churches, is made better by our many committed and dedicated volunteers, and we are very thankful for all of the people that help to make our church a wonderful place to worship. At this time, however, I would like to specifically speak a little bit about our music volunteers. We currently have 38 people actively involved in bringing music to our congregation for our Sunday morning services. As musicians, we aim to aid in the worship and to augment what we hear in the messages and prayers and thereby help to lead the congregation into deeper worship and understanding. We are blessed at Grace Church with such an abundance of talented, committed and skilled musicians as they take considerable time from their days to be up here prepared on their Sunday morning. Today I would like to highlight two of our stellar musicians who have recently decided that they would like to step back from this role after decades of contributing to the music program at our church. So I'm going to ask Lorraine and Albert Taves, could you please come up and join me? This is a surprise, I know you don't know about this. <laughs> charter members here at Grace Mennonite Church, which was organized in 1961. The 12 original families that gathered to create the church met to contemplate what the basic tenets and practices of Grace Church would become. Music was not central to those early discussions at the time, but several participants in this group had an interest and a training in quality music, and they took the initiative to lead in this area. One of those musical leaders at that time was Mr. Art Berg, and he asked Albert and Lorraine to sing their first duet in church, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, in 1961. And the rest, as they say, is history. Here we are, 61 years later, and for all of those past years, Albert and Lorraine have inspired us. They have led and participated in choirs, quartets, octets, they've sung solos, they led congregational singing, and they've been big boosters behind the scenes as well as they have encouraged other church musicians along the way. Their dedication and willingness to be involved in our church's music program has created a legacy, a 61 plus year legacy of continued commitment, passion and talent that has enriched all of us here at church. Although they are hoping to do more listening and less participating in music going forward, we are so very grateful for their years of music that they have generously offered to us. So please join me again in giving them another big round of applause to thank them for their years of music making here at Grace Church. Please stand and join us singing our closing song, Speak, O Lord.
God of power, may the boldness of your spirit transform us. May the gentleness of your spirit lead us. May the gift of your spirit be our goal and our strength, now and always. Thank you. 